When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Without further ado, let's get into it. Making his debut on the Tottenham Update today, Barnaby Slater is with us to talk about all the Tottenham news over the past 24 hours. But let's hope you're not too upset before we get into anything because the first bit of news we will be talking about is Kuti Romero and Ange Postacoglu has confirmed in his press conference that there is bad news on the Romero injury front. Um, he is quoted as saying, not so great with Romero. He had a scan and he's got a hamstring strain. We're looking at four to five weeks with him being out, which is absolutely devastating news. Um, the games he is set to miss in that time is Brighton away, Bournemouth at home, Burnley at home in the FA Cup, Man United away, the FA Cup fourth round, and potentially Brentford at home after that as well, um, if he can't make it. Um, we heard last week, uh, I think it was the Evening Standard, uh, reported some decent um positive news that Romero was set to be fit for Thursday's game against Brighton apparently that isn't true and um, just as again we seem to get more players back you know recently we've just recently recovered Richarlison we've recovered Saar um, it looks like players are finally coming back and then we just lose another crucial player for five weeks I mean how gutting is that especially again Romero in such a crucial position with Van der Ven still not back fit which we'll get to in, into a bit later but it's got to be very concerning again that Romero's out for five weeks. Totally devastating because on the train here, I was just thinking, and for the last few days over Christmas, and I hope everyone had a great Christmas, um, just been thinking with that kind of three three wins on the trot, Brighton away have not been in great form. They're kind of very bitty, both home and away. Thinking now that Romero's been back, we've really it's really noticeable how important he is in terms of playing those balls in between the lines into our midfielders on the half turn or into uh, even some of the forward players. And now, whoever comes in for Romero, I think realistically, 
even if you take away what it's going to cost us defensively, it's really going to cost us in the attacking sense of how our, our centre-backs use the ball going forward as well. One small positive is that Udogi will be back against Brighton and he obviously does offer far more options playing that inverted central midfield role, taking the ball on the half turn. But I do think, like I said, whoever comes in at centre-half, they're just not as kind of brave with the ball, not only in bringing it out themselves, but in playing those passes into the pockets through the lines as well. So very, very upsetting. I kind of thought that because uh, Ange had brought him off at the first sign of a little, a little tightness, um, that maybe it wouldn't be so bad, but it clearly is four to five weeks and puts a bit more pressure now, I think, on the transfer window. Mm. And part of me, when I was listening to this uh, and I found out about it on the train on the way here, part of me was like, should someone from up above not have said to Ange, maybe don't mention it because whoever's selling, like Tadebo or any of those players that we're interested in at centre-half, they're now going to say, oh, well, you know, we know you need it at the start, so put on another five or 10 million and Daniel Levy won't be paying that. <laughs> Yeah, we know. Yeah, we definitely know that he always waits for the best price, which usually comes at the end of the window. But clearly, there's it's an absolute necessity. We can just get one in as soon as possible. But we know the transfer market uh, in January can be very, very complicated market, don't we? So we'll have to wait and see what happens in January. But in the meantime, you know, if, uh, until we have a new centre back through the door, who do we start in place of uh, Romero? Obviously when Romero was suspended for three games after he got the red card against Chelsea, we kind of chopped a bit. Dyer came in for the Wolves game, then he got dropped and Emerson came in at centre-back. Um, based on what you saw out of those three games uh, and, or, and what Ange did, mm. do you think he persists with Emerson there or do you think he uh, is tempted to bring Dyer back in? I think you'd have, to, you'd have to guess that he will go back to Emerson Royale alongside Ben Davis. But, and here's where the danger is of me getting controversial and, and uh, you know, getting the entire viewership angry. <laughs> I don't think Dyer played as badly when he came on the other day as everybody else did. And what I think is that Eric Dyer is a better player with the ball at his feet than Emerson Royale is. But it's close. And also, I think Emerson Royale is a lot more confident than Eric Dyer is. So I'm not saying that Dyer should come in. I'm just saying that I think it's going to be a tighter decision than maybe a lot of people would think. Mm. Um, but my instinct is Royale is just above in the pecking order. What do you think? I agree. And I just think we need, I think without um, Emerson there, without someone who has a bit of recovery pace, which Dyer and Davis just unfortunately don't, especially when they're together, I think it really um, prevents us from really taking and um, being very proactive in our defending. It always gives a bit an air of anxiety and insecurity when we have two players who we know are going to be looking over their shoulder all the time for that running behind. Whereas at least Emerson. Yes, I don't think he might be as good positionally or maybe even as good, you know, playing out the back as Dyer. Mm. But at least I feel like we can be a bit more aggressive with him in the team, be a bit more proactive in our defending. He can really uh, kind of go early when it comes to tackles, a bit more like Romero does, whereas I feel like Dyer is always going to be backing off a bit because yeah. I think he knows if he gets a, if, if uh, any of the attackers get a run on him we're going to be in trouble but it's going to be very interesting to see um i mean maybe one side to interrupt maybe one way of thinking about it is brighton are not renowned for throwing the ball into the box uh, if they yeah. were maybe dyer would be a better pick mm. because he is better in the air he won quite a lot of headers in in that last game some important headers but maybe because they're not then he will play emerson royale but one thing i would say is i think that disallowed goal in the previous game is a good way of looking at it as well Emerson Royal can get the ball stuck under his feet a little bit. And obviously, 
you know, Vicario is not going to change what he does. They're going to play the goal kicks, you know, five yards to their right and five, mm. five yards to his right and five yards to his left. And if Royal gets the ball stuck under his feet or pro- tries to put his foot on the ball there, then we could end up getting ourselves in a lot of trouble. But Big Ange wants us to play front foot. He wants us to embed this culture of play into the team. And w- once again, with injuries hitting us again and again and again, he is asking them to do that. And that is what will happen. And, you know, my recollection of, of Royale and Davis playing, you know, I don't I don't look back on it, on it and be like, oh, we conceded 14 goals because mm-hmm. they put their foot on the ball. So they're able to do it. And it's just whether or not we'll be fortunate tomorrow that it doesn't cause us a cropper. Yeah, it will be, uh, hopefully, in a weird way, the fact that they've already played together a bit and this isn't going to be new to them will give them that bit of experience that they that you know they've they're not just coming in as a new partnership essentially yeah. even though Romero's uh, got that injury so hopefully that can stand us instead uh, moving on to the next story this comes from uh, about Mickey van der Ven Andrew was talking in his press conference about his potential return from injury and he said Mickey van der Ven is getting closer he says I don't think he'll be back for Burnley maybe Man United but I wouldn't know until I see him in training and he's at the tail end of it now he was also asked about whether he takes much stock about signing a left or right sided centre back in January he said I don't put as much stock into the left side or right side of the centre-back scenario. We just need another player in that position who can provide some more depth for us and the ability to change it up. It won't matter if it is a left-sided or right-sided. It's more about, it's more the profile and characteristics. We didn't go looking for a left-sided centre-back at the start of the year. It just happened that Mickey was the perfect centre-back. Even if we had another left-sided one, I still wouldn't have, I still would have signed him. It, it is about looking at the right profile, the right characteristics and seeing him, seeing what is available and then going from there. Um, in terms of Mickey van der Ven, though, it's really good news that hopefully he's back mid-Jan. Can't come soon enough, can it, for Mickey van der Ven? Yeah, absolutely huge. Um, really need him back as soon as possible. However, not to slam some negativity on it, hamstring injury for players who are quick, incredibly dangerous. I really love how Big Ange has so far, over the time he's been at Spurs, shown that he is careful with these players, not rushing them. I don't feel he rushes players back as quickly as maybe Conte once did. Um, and I think we should really treat uh, Van der Ven with kind of, you know, wrap him in cotton wool a bit, not rush him back because the moment he gets in a sprint, if his hamstring goes again and will prob- would probably go worse, it's completely self-defeating. So he said, as, as you mentioned, I think um, potentially Man United. I wonder if that would be more like on the bench for that. As he mm. said, he hasn't seen him in training yet. And I think he'll really work him in training to make sure that it's absolutely fine. But yes, in answer to your question, absolute key player, even more so now that Romero is out and... Um, as you mentioned in the last in the last point, you know, if realistically Levy can't get a player in early as Ange wants another centre back, then we will be waiting for Mickey Van der Ven to come in um, and having to play those players we mentioned before until that. So, the quicker the better, but also let's not rush him. Yeah, hundred percent. In terms of in January. Um what what Ange was saying about signing a left or right sided defender um for you does it really make a difference what kind of side they they, they we sign obviously he's saying that he he looks more the attributes and the characteristics of mm-hmm. the defender more than oh he's a left foot or, or left sided or right sided defender uh most people uh if you ask most fans they they would say we we need a left sided center back um mm-hmm. but for you does it make too much of a difference I think uh, my answer is kind of twofold. Firstly, I think Ben Davis has proven himself to be an excellent kind of maybe fourth mm. choice 
and on the left hand side of the two centre halves. So I'm less I'm less kind of bothered about that now. Um, so I'd say we should be looking for someone who's right footed. But I think the key point is, and I agree with Ange on this, that. Um, if they're good enough and the attributes are correct for the style that we're playing, which I think is basically first and foremost, probably someone quick enough to play the high line. Mm -hmm. And secondly, someone good enough on the ball and brave enough on the ball as Romero is to play those balls in between the lines and, and, and play those passes that set off our style of front foot football. They are more important attributes than whether they're right or left footed. And for instance, it would never bother me if Mickey van der Ven had to play on the right-hand side of the two mm. and and vice versa with Christian Romero. So whoever comes in, I think that'll probably be the same. What I, As I said to you before we went on air, though, the one thing that kind of is different from that is I think Ben Davis is currently kind of top of the pecking order because of the injuries, because of his left-footedness, and that gives us balance on the left and allows us to play those balls into, you know, uh, whoever's playing on the left, be that Son or Richarlison or into Udogi, into, into central midfield on the left of the kind mm. of inverted two. So... I think, you know, if we end this January with a four of um, Van der Ven, Romero, Ben Davis and one other, be that Todibo or um, Tosin, or I think people would be disappointed with this, but I think we're probably seriously looking at Lloyd Kelly again mm -hmm. as well because of their his, his and Tosin's contract situation then I think that will be a four that would stand us in good stead going forward. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's probably the right way for Ange to look at things. And I think he's actually proven so far in the first his first few months of his tenure that he doesn't necessarily look look at players as you're this position or that position. He definitely looks at the attributes they have and yeah. sees where they can fit in into the team and what attributes what are required for each role. And he's certainly seen shown to be adaptable in those kind of things. So it doesn't surprise me that he doesn't necessarily will, will be kind of pigeonholed a defender as, oh, you're left side or the right side. He just looks at the attributes. Yeah. Uh, next story comes from The Athletic and they're reporting on the Conor Gallagher situation. They're saying that Tottenham were serious suitors for Conor Gallagher towards the end of the summer. It is understood then offer of 50 million pounds would be enough to convince Chelsea to sell Conor Gallagher in January obviously this story doesn't seem to be going away does it between Conor Gallagher and Spurs it is a very interesting one because he is currently I think captain or vice captain at Chelsea mm -hmm. he started every game this season um, definitely seems a player that has been relied upon uh, by Pochettino but with Chelsea actually in a weird way, because they're doing so badly in the league, it could cause problems with their FFP status. It means they might have be forced to sell players like Conor Gallagher, who are homegrown players for their profit. Um, but from a Tottenham point of view, do you see uh, in January, do you see a... Um, do you actually expect Tottenham to be splashing out 50 million for Conor Gallagher in January? I think if it became clear that Conor Gallagher was interested in a move to Spurs and Chelsea were interested in selling him to us because, and I think I mentioned this to Marlon on the last watch along, uh, I think Conor Gallagher is basically their only player with sell-on value. Who Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They could sell at this point because they bought so many young players on such long contracts. Mm. That, you know, there's been rumors that Madueke might not, uh, Poch might not like Madueke that much, but he's on an eight-year deal. So they can't be selling him because no club is going to play what it would take to get him out of that deal, right? So they're looking at Gallagher, 18 months left on his contract, unwilling to sign a new one at the moment, probably because, you know, he's on, because he's through the academy, he'll be on much lower w- wages than all of those signings who've come in. Their new contract probably not offering him as much, nearly as much as he could get if he signed on somewhere else. Kind of, you know, similar to the Mason Mount, Mason Mount thing and why he ended up going to Man United. Gallagher would look, I think, at, at Ange Ball at Spurs now and think, mm, I think, I think Spurs over the next couple of seasons are looking like they're going to be far less chaotic than Chelsea. So if he made it clear, I think, to you know the middle, the middle people, the agents or or Levy via proxy that he's interested, and then the key thing: if Spurs then got a bid that they were happy with for Hoiberg off Juventus because they're interested, or Atletico they've been interested. Let's say they got thirty for Hoiberg, and Connor was forty-five. I think they'd probably add on the fifteen, or they'd find a way of structuring it. Like you said, it doesn't go away. No smoke with fire without fire in a lot of these situations. So it wouldn't surprise me totally. But if it doesn't happen, that also wouldn't surprise me. But I, I think the key point is, do I think Gallagher would work well in Agibal? I do. I think, he's a, I think he's a player who is, you know, doing the best he can at Chelsea at the moment under a chaotic situation. And if he was given that kind of Ange coaching of where to be and how to take it on the half turn, and he's a great finisher as well and makes good runs into the box late, and most importantly, an elite presser of the ball, he's always working hard on the front foot, then I think he could really fit it. And I also think if he joined Spurs at this point from Chelsea, I think he'd immediately become a Spurs legend because <laughs> everybody would be like, you know, you, you left them in your prime to join Spurs. When was the last time that happened? Never is the answer. Gordon yeah. Jury, maybe, back in my childhood. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting one with that because he, in the summer was saying how he loves Chelsea you know he said he grew up um, 10 minutes from the ground he's always been a massive Chelsea fan Mm. so for him to like be Chelsea vice captain or or I think he's captained them many times this season and then to turn around in January and say I'm actually I'm going to sign for Spurs that would be a very big move for him and I just I just question whether he would want to do that but if Chelsea are desperate to sell and Tottenham are the only team putting up the money then I guess he would have very few options I think if if Chelsea are in the mess they are I think he probably feels mistreated at the moment you know let's think about the amount of times that he was sent out on loan he probably thought back then he was never going to get a chance then he's come in and he's done really well and he works really hard like I said I don't doubt that his wages are significantly lower than the other players and then they will have obviously offered him a new contract and he's probably it's probably still lower than the players they brought in Mm -hmm. so he's like well this isn't right this isn't fair and this is really it happens a lot when players come through the academy they're almost um their loyalty counts against them Mm. because the the board are like well you know you're on let's say he's on i don't know 30 grand a week they're probably offering him 50 or 60 grand a week whereas maduaki is probably coming from psv and is on more or someone like that especially the enzos of this world Mm -hmm. who or uh, kaiseido is coming for 110 million he's probably on 250 grand a week and connor's sitting here saying look i'm captain well and i'm i'm I'm, 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 I'm captain a lot of the games Mm -hmm. and i'm playing better than these players Mm -hmm. and you're offering me peanuts now spurs will immediately offer him 
120 grand a week, probably, mm -hmm. plus a big signing on fee. So it's that kind of loyalty. I don't doubt all the stuff he says about Chelsea, but him and his agent, his agents will be saying to him, look, you know, this is your chance to make, you know, also he's not super young anymore, is he? He's like 23, 24. Yeah, exactly. So, so he's not 18. Mm -hmm. So he'll be looking for a big payday, I think. And Chelsea, I think, have got themselves in a position, like you said, with financial fair play, where they probably can't afford to give him a big payday. And that's probably why where the no smoke without fire comes in. Yeah, I completely agree. I, in terms of what I think of him as a player, I think he'd be perfect for uh, how how we play. And I actually think in our system, I do think he's got more goals in his game. I don't think he scored a single goal this season. And I think he's a player I saw at Palace. He yeah. was scoring quite a lot of goals for them. So I think if you put him in that Spurs system, he's going to be getting loads of chances. And I think in terms of how he presses, he's absolutely fantastic. So if we can get a deal done, I'll be delighted with it. But it depends probably on the next player we're going to talk about leaving and that's Pierre Emil Hoybier. This comes from a publication out in uh, Italy, Tuto uh, Juve, which is a Juventus publication. They're saying that Tottenham have opened up, uh, um, sorry, Tottenham are open to a loan with an obligation to buy formula for Pierre Emil Hoybier to leave for a sum of less than 30 million euros. Mm. Juventus have also, have always been in the market for Hoybier and they have, they have already been contacts with intermediaries between September and October to let him leave. Spurs will have to look for replacements though if they are to sell him um in terms of Hoybier, obviously this season i think he's like done well whenever he's been called upon essentially i don't think he's had too many bad games albeit i do think his flaws do get a bit exposed in the system with the with the things that he's weakest at yeah do kind of um, become a very apparent when um he's playing angible especially when he's playing the number eight position but you know, considering how short of numbers we are in January, you know, Basuma and Saar, Bentico are not going to be available for the whole of January. Um, do you see Hoybier being uh, let go if, like, if we're not going to get someone like Conor Gallagher in? No, I don't. I think it, I think it would solely rest on whether a, a replacement who was Big Ange's choice were able to come in. Um, Allegri's Juventus manager still, right? Correct. Right. So, yeah, he seems like a bit of an Allegri player. Have, well, am I getting this wrong? Are there not rumours that Conte might go there? There were. I think Allegri was struggling beginning of the season, but right. he's kind of turned it around. He's turned it around. Okay, well, you know, let's say Allegri stays or Conte were to end up there. You know, that is very much somewhere where Pierre-Emil Hoiberg would do well. He'd also benefit from the extra kind of time and space you get in Italy. I think the thing with, with Pierre, exactly as you said, Really good squad player at the moment, even under Ange, but he just takes half a second longer than than Ange wants their players to. His his default setting is to be more conservative and more pragmatic. And it's only half a second when he's on the ball, maybe even less sometimes, but that is the difference between him playing the through ball to a player who's onside and playing the through ball to a player who's offside. And even in the tiny amount of time that Bentancur was on the pitch before he got injured for Ange, you could tell that he's more one and two touch. You know it already with, with Saar and uh, with Kulisevsky when he plays in 10 and obviously Madison as well. Um, and Basuma. So he, I think it's clear, is not a big Ange player and we will be looking to get as much as we can. But if that doesn't come in and we don't have a replacement in January, then he'll definitely stay till the summer. But I can't see him being at Spurs past the summer at all. It says here a sum of less than 30 million euros. Does that seem a bit cheap for you for a player of Hoybear's quality? Um, yeah, but I think what's he got? 18 months left. Correct. So I think, you know, I think I mentioned in the point before about Gallagher, you know, if we were to get anywhere near 30 million pounds for him, you'd snap, snap the hands off. If it was 15 million pounds, I don't think so, but probably somewhere between 20 and 30, you'd, you'd say, yeah, as long as we had the replacement. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think 
even if it means taking a bit of a hit, if it means we can upgrade the squad and get a replacement who's more suited to what we want to do, I don't really care about taking a bit of a hit. I think I, we I think only paid like 12-ish for him, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we paid, I think, 15, and then we sold Walker Peters the other yeah. way as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we won't we'll be losing too much money on him. Uh, the last story uh, comes from Spurs official. They're confirming that Dane Scarlett will be returning to the club, having been recalled from his loan from Ipswich. Obviously, it hasn't really worked out well um, in the first half season for Dane Scarlett. Really unfortunate. Uh, Ange did talk about it in his press conference. He was asked whether Dane Scarlett, um, Dane Scarlett's return would mean a, a potential loan for Valise. He said there are a lot of moving parts you're talking about there. Um, good to get Dane back. And obviously the loan didn't work out for him at Ipswich, which is disappointing for him and disappointing for us because the reason we sent him out on loan was to get some game time rhythm and develop. It hasn't worked out. Um, that It hasn't worked out that way. So it made sense to bring him back. He is back training with us and becomes available from January 1st again. Then it is up to him. He will stay with us until the rest of the season and we'll see how he trains right. and what opportunities he may or may not come along. So we'll address those situations uh, then. Obviously, he didn't really confirm whether Valise uh, potentially could be going out on loan. But with two, two what, 19-year-old strikers um, around the club, I can't see too many opportunities for both of them, either one or the other, I would mm. assume. Obviously, Scarlett, at the beginning of the season... Um, before he went out on loan tips, which was getting a couple of opportunities. He played a bit in the preseason. He played one half of football against Fulham in the Carabao Cup. I remember mm. he came on at halftime, um, but then obviously went out on loan. Uh, I was genuinely very excited uh, to see him in a championship loan um, for a team. Obviously, Ipswich are flying at the moment, top of the league. I was really hoping he would get some game time and we'll, you know, there's a lot of talk, talk and hype about Scarlett, how well he could do. So it's really disappointing. He's probably had a handful of low. Um, uh, substitute appearances and hasn't had any starts so hasn't really had the opportunity and now because he played in that Carabao Cup game he can't go back on loan um, in the second half of the season so he has to stay with Spurs now uh, so it's either he gets opportunities with Spurs or he's going to be basically in the reserves for the second half which would be very disappointing but what do you think will happen with, with Scarlett now he's back at Tottenham do you see him maybe being on the bench and getting some opportunities or do you see him going back to the under 21s with the likes of Donnelly and, and Sunsop Bell and being playing with them yeah it's interesting you've just given me a lot of intel there that I didn't know in terms of the rules of the EFL and, mm. and stuff like that. It strikes me then that maybe Ange thinks Scarlett might be able to help him a bit more than Valise is because mm. otherwise wouldn't it be better for Scarlett to have stayed at Ipswich and maybe played his way into the first team hopefully unless Ipswich have said it's just not working or there's some personal issue. I don't know I was at the Shakhtar game he got a goal in that game but he was pretty raw and he looked pretty raw again again in that Fulham appearance just like any young striker, any striker at all, really, I think he just needs the confidence that goals bring. And he's clearly talented, incredibly talented, good finisher. We've seen that enough in kind of preseason appearances over the last couple of years. But he needs that kind of moment that's going to step him up from being a, a boy into a man on the pitch. And clearly Ipswich hasn't done that for him yet. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll see him in some appearances off the bench. Um, maybe Valise will go on, on loan. I mean, Valise, from what I've seen of him, which is obviously very little at the moment, seems more like a classic number nine. You know, look, would probably benefit from some more direct balls going into his chest and flick-ons and stuff. Maybe at the moment he sees with the kind of chances that we're creating, which is a lot of kind of almost flat on the floor balls across the box, like Richarlison's goal in the last one or the Son goal against Liverpool, maybe think Scarlett's a bit better at getting across his first man and if he comes on late in a game the way we're chasing, maybe he's more likely to make the runs that might result in goals. I'm, I'm theorising, I'm not really mm. sure. But if he's going to get his chance, he'll be training a lot. You know, hopefully he can make some difference to us. He, he's talented and, and let's face it, this is what we've got to stick on really. 
none of us thought Harry Kane was going to make it when he'd been on a lot of loans and he needed that moment that worked for him. Tim Sherwood gave him that moment um, and he got a few UEFA Cup games before that, didn't he? He'd scored a couple of UEFA Cup goals. But Scarlett needs something to happen for him, for, for him to, to make a career at Spurs. So let's see if that happens. Yeah, 100% agree. You see, obviously, easy to um, easy to forget that Son is a, uh, not available throughout January as well. So yeah. really, we only have one striker in uh, for the whole of January and potentially beginning of February as well if, if South Korea do go to the final. So there is p potential for one of those two to really stake a claim to be inv more involved in the first team if they can maybe come off the bench in a few games or maybe even get a start maybe in one of the FA Cup games or a Premier League game. And then all of a sudden, there could easily be more opportunities. And I feel like with a lot of these young players i feel like managers don't want to really put their full trust in them a lot of the time until they have shown something on the pitch for them to but to give them their trust so i remember marcus rashford no one knew who he was and then he came plays a europa league game scores two goals all of a sudden he starts flying so it can happen with a young player um in terms of dane scarlet um, I would love to see him get some more opportunities, but it's been a massive shame uh, of what's happened in the first half of the season. And maybe they're just thinking, even if he, even if um, he doesn't get many opportunities with Spurs, maybe they're just thinking it's better for him to train with us than yeah. train with Ipswich. He's not going to get game time either yeah. way. Maybe they're doing that balancing act. So it'd be interesting to see what happens in January, uh, who gets more opportunities between him and Valise, and maybe. Uh, Valise could end up with a low move by the end of January if he's not getting the opportunities Scarlett is so yeah. um, let's hope he uh, definitely gets some more opportunities but look that is all for today's Tottenham update let me know in the comment section below anything we discussed today go check out Barnaby on the Spurred On podcast as well the link will be in the title and the description I'll put it I'll post it there as well but that is all for today's Tottenham update like subscribe and comment and as always come on you Spurs Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.